I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be sharing with you lessons I've learned and conversations I've had that will help you become who you want to be together. Today, we're talking about being grateful when it's hard. We are already in the month of December, and yes, I know people typically talk about being grateful and having gratitude and being thankful starting in the beginning of November, so it may seem like I'm a little late to the game, but because of everything that's happened in 2020, I find myself exhausted. This time of year, it's typically easy to be thankful because it's what everyone's talking about. It's easy to do all the fun things that we typically do this time of year, which includes things like grateful trees, writing down what we're grateful for on pieces of paper and putting them in jars, forcing our loved ones to say what they're thankful for at Thanksgiving dinner. But we're going into another month where there are a ton of restrictions and I am getting burnt out. I have definitely been trying to use this time to invest in my family, to do wonderful things together, to see this as a season to grow, I'm getting over it. I'm over making lemonade out of lemons. I'm over seeing the silver lining in all of this. And I found myself starting to feel a little bit sorry for myself. And so recently, when I was asked to be a guest on our church's Wellness Wednesday Instagram Live to talk about gratitude, I felt like I had nothing to talk about. (laughs) And that's when I knew it was a time to take a deep dive into gratitude and really remind myself of what gratitude is, why we do it, and how it can help us in our families, in our homes, even in a season when we feel like all is lost or at least all is put on hold until who knows when. And so in a season where I found myself feeling a lack of hope and feeling a little discouraged, I am grateful to explore this topic a little more and do a reset for me, especially for me and my family members. And if I want my kids to have more gratitude, even if I want my spouse to have more gratitude, I've got to figure out how to have it for myself. And as I see us getting into these ruts of inactivity or these ruts of entitlement, I really want to bring gratitude back to the table because I think it's really important. Gratitude is an appreciation for what we have. It is a feeling. Many times it comes natural to us because it is the outpouring of the things that are already good in our lives. And so when things are going good, we typically already have this attitude or this feeling of gratitude. It's easy to say thank you when other people do things for us. It's easy to say thank you and be appreciative when things are going well. But what happens when they're not going well? Not only is gratitude a feeling, but it is actually a choice as well. Many of us are in a season where it needs to be a choice that we're making every day. I know that it needs to be a choice I'm making every day if I want the kind of home, the kind of unity, the kind of cohesiveness that I desire, I've got to have gratitude present. And there's a couple of reasons why gratitude is so important. 
Number one, it welcomes the presence of God into our situation. So no matter what your situation looks like, gratitude is a game changer. In Psalms 100, Verse four, it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And then it goes on to say in Psalms 95 two, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with Psalms. So when we enter the presence of God, when we start off our devotional time, when we start off any of our prayer times, we are meant to do it with an attitude of praise and thanksgiving, with an attitude of blessing. And where there is thanksgiving, that is where God's presence is. Number two, gratitude shifts the atmosphere of our home. We all know that this is true. I know this is true, but yet sometimes I'd rather just resent the atmosphere that's in my home or be upset about it or want to blame it on other people when in fact I have the ability to change the atmosphere of my home with the words that I speak, with vocalizing praise, with vocalizing gratitude, with vocalizing thanksgiving. So oftentimes when I find that our kids are bickering, not getting along with each other, placing blame, I will stop them in the midst of their argument and I will say, name one thing that you are grateful for about your sibling. Now, this isn't always received very well. In fact, most of the times they will come up with something that's very sarcastic or very tongue in cheek and it will be so funny or so outlandish sometimes that it will cause them to start laughing. So even in the midst of a fight, I've seen them say, Lord, thank you for my annoying little brother. And even though they don't really mean it as a way of saying thank you, it gets a chuckle, it gets a laugh. And then once we've had all the kids come up with something, it changes the atmosphere. It lightens the atmosphere. Another reason why gratitude is so important is because it impacts our mental and physical health too. Studies have shown that we feel less pain, less stress, we suffer less insomnia, we have stronger immune systems, and we experience healthier relationships. And we actually do better academically and professionally when we have a lifestyle, a consistent practice of gratitude and thankfulness. One of the ways that I like to express gratitude in our home and in my personal practice is to remember and celebrate. In Exodus, before God actually delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt, he told them exactly what was going to happen. He told them how he was going to deliver them. But not only did he tell them that, but he also told them in advance, before he had brought them out of Egypt, he told them how they should continue to celebrate this deliverance year after year after year. He tells them that this is a day that you're going to commemorate for generations to come. And I believe that he did that because he knows that we're a people that forget. It's very easy for us to be thankful when things are going good. Many times when things are going our way, it's easy to forget God. We forget that he is the source of everything we have. And then when things aren't going good, when they're going poorly, it's easy to doubt God. And this idea of remembering and celebrating, of creating a consistent practice around remembering what God has done, identifying what God has done, 
verbalizing or even writing down what God has done helps us to avoid that trap of forgetting God and doubting God and also looking at our circumstances instead of focusing on Him. This celebration that God tells his people to participate in is called Passover, and there are many other places in the Bible where God asks his people to commemorate, to observe, to have festivals, and to celebrate. My friend Noel likes to say that God is a God who parties, and I love that about him, and I love celebrating in my real everyday life. But for many of us, some of our celebrations have had to go on hold. So what do we do instead? We can cultivate a daily practice of gratitude. We don't have to wait for the next party, for the next celebration, in order to remember what God has done, remember who he is in our life, or celebrate the people that we love. For example, one of the things we can do is have a daily journal practice. I like to write down each morning three things that I'm grateful for and three things that I am excited about. And lately, I've been a little short on the things that I'm excited about, but I have really thought hard and made sure that I am looking forward, that I'm not just looking back in the past to what I've missed or not just looking to even my present and how I might feel, but looking forward as well. So the things that I'm grateful for really do range from, you know, exciting, incredible things like promotions or just basic everyday provision. It also could be something like achievements that I've accomplished or that my kids have. But it could be just simple gratitude for I'm using my fireplace again and that I have a fireplace to cozy up to. It could be just gratitude for a rainy day. It could be gratitude for a snow day. We haven't had any of those yet. But snow days are typically days when I give myself permission to take off because the kids have off. And so whatever it is, I am always looking for something to be grateful for. And not just in the morning, but I like to, in the evening as well, during my evening routine, I like to identify three things that I could be grateful for. Three wins is really what I call it. And so I will pull out my calendar and I will remind myself of my day and I will look for little accomplishments or little unexpected things that I didn't know was coming that actually turned out to be really good. I'll even look for plans that were disrupted and something better came out of it, I will find things that I think are wins. And even in the days that seem like they're uneventful, I'll count getting up on time as a win. I'll count working out as a win. I'll count connecting with my kids is definitely a win. So it's not always tied to my to-do list or the things that I'm accomplished. I also look for points of connection and ways that I've seen our family grow. And when you get into the habit of remembering and celebrating, whether it's remembering and celebrating in a daily practice or remembering and celebrating at an event or a feast, like it talks about in the Bible, we are flexing that muscle. And what happens when we flex that muscle over time, when we get into the practice of being grateful and being thankful and keeping our eyes open for seeing those things will actually create a muscle memory, just like when you work out. And when you really, really need gratitude, you will be able to tap into it. It will kick in when you need it. I really enjoy my daily practice 
of writing these things down, but it is so important to also verbalize your praise when you can, because it repositions your heart. It does the heavy lifting of taking your eyes off your circumstances, your eyes off of what's not going well, and shifts them to what is going well. It shifts them to what God is doing in your life. And what's so great about verbalizing your praise is that it brings other people into that atmosphere of gratitude. I will often find things to actually thank my kids for, typically things that they actually have to do around the house, like their chores. If I see that they are doing a chore without me asking, or even if they have done it immediately. If I've had to ask and they do it right away and they don't give me a hard time, I'll say, hey, I really appreciate you taking care of this. I really appreciate you doing this. So expressing thankfulness, not only for my life and the things in my life, but also for the people in my life and recognizing what it is that they are doing and making sure that I am expressing gratitude for them is really, really important. So not only am I filling up and sowing into my spirit and my attitude, but I'm then allowing it to go into the lives of my kids too. And I see them perk up. I see them change and I see them get sucked in to an attitude of gratitude. And wouldn't we rather have that than have our kids sucked into our pity party? I know that there's been times when I have felt bad and I've totally drugged my family members into that. And I don't want to do that, especially when we are stuck together in such a condensed season. Do you get stressed out during the holiday season? Are you overwhelmed by the number of things to get done and the people to please? It doesn't have to be that way. Instead of going with the flow this holiday season, you can embrace the activities that produce the holiday experience that's right for you. Our one word for the season worksheet will walk you through choosing your one word to help you navigate your holiday with success. Head over to the show notes or go to www.buildyourbestfamily.com to get your copy today. Some of the ways that we can also show our gratitude for other people, not just verbalizing, hey, I think you're doing a great job, or hey, I appreciate you, is that we can leave sticky notes. We can send a card. We can do those for the best for the people in our house, and we can do that for the people that are in our world that maybe we're not spending time with. A quick text, a quick call. Those things not only lift other people up, but they lift us up. And when possible, for those of us who are still entertaining or having people in our home or having people in our backyard to social distance, we can take time to prepare for them and our time together because that speaks of gratitude as well. Now, I know that there are people who may be saying, I really don't have anything to be grateful for. And I get that. I've been there and I know it can be tough. People around us are sick. We've seen relationships strained. We've seen relationships be damaged and severed. We've seen family members not get along. And that feels awful. There are things that we can be grateful for in the midst of that. If we go back to the Bible, we find out that there are people in the Bible, just like Job, who really had a rough time with his circumstances. And When he asked God all the questions about what he was going through, God reminded him of who he was. So we can be thankful just as Job was for who God is. We can thank God for how he cares about us. 
When we do this, it shifts our identity. So in Psalms 10, 14, it says, But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. So not only can I thank God for who he is, but I can thank God for how he takes care of me. That says volumes about my worth, my value, and how important I am to God. So we may not feel like we're in a season of success or promotion or increase, but we can know that God is looking at us and he is taking care of us, that he is walking side by side with us, even in the hard things. We can also thank him for the things that haven't come to pass yet. Scripture is filled with promises and his thoughts on our future. And when I find myself in a rut thinking about situations that I'm praying for, it's easy for me to take my griping and complaining to God, which I believe is absolutely okay to do. But then I have to take a moment and also thank God for what he's doing in the midst of it. Yes, I can complain. Yes, I can dump it all at his feet. But then I can turn around and just speak out loud what I know God says he'll do, what he's capable of, and what I'm believing for, as an example, what I'm believing for in my kid's life or my spouse's life or what I'm believing for in my marriage or what I'm believing for in my family. When those things line up with the word of God, which unity, peace, contentment, growth, Those are all things that are in God's will. I can thank him for those things in advance because I know that he is working on behalf to do those things in my family. And so even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of sickness, even in the midst of these restrictions, we can thank him for who he is, how he cares for us, and the things that are yet to come and pass. So it's not just about what we see in our everyday life. Yes, that's a good practice to look for things in our everyday life, but we can also thank God himself for other things. And we just don't have the words. The most incredible thing we can do is put on worship music. Music has the ability to change an environment. I can't believe how many times I forget its power. But when I remember it, and I start my day off with music, whether it's in the background, or whether I'm singing it out loud, or whether I put it on in a tough time, it instantly changes how I feel. And so even in the midst of trouble, Worship music can bridge the gap to our thankfulness, can get us to a place where we're like, oh yeah, there are things that I can be grateful for. And I want to encourage you to go beyond the obvious. Really get silly sometimes and have fun with the things you're thankful for. You know, it's easy to say, well, I've run out of things to be thankful for, but I bet you you haven't. One of the things that you can do is do God pop-up prayers where you can stop and give thanks. So that could be when you're driving around with your kids in the car. It could be, like I mentioned before, in the midst of an argument. It could be just when you find yourself with a couple extra minutes in the day. Just stop everybody and say, okay, everybody, let's just go around the room and say something we're thankful for. It would be interesting to see what your kids have to say when you can teach your kids to this practice as well and help them understand that they don't have to wait to feel grateful in order to express gratitude, you'll be helping them flex that gratitude muscle as well. Sometimes when I really feel like I've got nothing to be thankful for, I will do a thank you God room by room prayer. So, you know, for me, that looks like walking into my living room and thanking God for 
all of the activities that have taken place there, the relationships that have been cultivated there. I can thank him for even the things I have. In my living room, I have these lamps that I love because they're bright orange and they just, they make me happy. And so every once in a while, it's okay to say, Lord, thank you. I like this room. I like what's in there. I like my comfy chair and thank you for my comfy blanket. And thank you that this is a place where I can read and it's a place where I can be quiet. So challenge yourself. When we put restrictions in place, when we put boundaries, we can become really creative in the outcome. And so in respect to this particular topic, when you give yourself parameters to which to be thankful in, you can come up with some pretty fun things. And I guarantee you, as you're saying these things, you'll feel better and it will change your outlook. It'll literally change how you see things, how you see the tasks that you're doing and how you see the impact that you're having on your family. You know, when I think of the mundane tasks and I think of the things I don't like to do, which has been cleaning up after my family, especially with everybody home now, people just leave dishes for me to do. And yes, I can teach them how to take care of their own stuff, which I'm working on. But I can also be thankful that I have those things to clean up. You know, there's going to come a time for all of us when our children leave and we won't have those messes to clean up. And so I want to be thankful even in the midst of the stuff I don't like doing. You know, I, for a long time, I made my husband's lunches before work and I went through a season where I became resentful of having to do this for him and more resentful of the expectation that it just would be done because I wasn't getting thanked anymore because it became just a part of what we did. And I started to resent it. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I need to be thankful in this. I need to be thankful that my husband is not spending money every day for lunch. We certainly didn't have the budget for that. If you have the budget for that, that's great. But just so thankful that my husband doesn't mind taking leftovers to work. Thankful that I have a husband to pack a lunch for. Thankful that we're using the food in our fridge and I don't have to throw it out. Thankful that, you know, for being economically and even environmentally wise because we're reusing and using the things we have. So I had to go back to gratitude, even in a task that I was finding myself not enjoying. And so there's always, always something that we can be thankful for. So I just want to encourage you, if you're struggling to find things to be grateful for, you can do this. And believe me, this is one of those things that when you do the work, you'll see the change and you will not regret it. And don't be discouraged if it takes a little practice, because it will. I'm really working on gratitude becoming more natural for me. I have to almost set reminders for myself to do it. (laughs) But I know that if I can practice this and if I can do it, that it will trickle down to my family, that it will change the atmosphere in my home and I will not regret it. And so today I'd love to challenge you guys to really think about the things that you're grateful for and not just the things that are obvious. I want to challenge you to be grateful for the things that stink, the things that you don't like to do or the things that aren't going your way, and especially the things that you don't have control over, because I think that's a big one these days. So what are the things that you, that that aren't easy to be thankful for? What can you find in the midst of them to have gratitude, to be thankful for? And let's not forget to be thankful for God and who he is, and that he comes alongside of us. I'd love to talk to you guys more about this in the Build Your Best Family Facebook group and on Instagram. 
If you want to dig deeper into what we've talked about on the podcast each week, check out the Build Your Best Family Facebook group. It's where we hang out with some fabulous women to practice what we've learned. There's also encouragement, group coaching, and incredible resources there too. Remember, family culture is not about perfect. It's about purpose.